Welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. This is Reggie Etheridge welcoming you to the radio program for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring what God is doing in the hearts and lives of coaches and athletes in Idaho. Now, here are your hosts. Well, good morning, folks, and welcome to the Heart of the Athlete here on KBXL 94.1 FM, uh, the local FCA radio show here. My name is Ken Lewis. I'm the director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in Idaho. And uh, in the studio today is a, is a friend of mine, Jason Chatreau. Jason, it's been great to have, have you here this morning and here today on Heart of the Athlete. Well, thanks. I appreciate you having me on, Ken. So, Jason, you're a, you're a husband, you're a father, uh, you're, you write a little bit for, with the AP, and you coach a little soccer too, right? Yep. A lot of different things. Well, we're excited to uh, interview you and, and just hear what God's been doing in your life uh, on the show today. And uh, before we get to that, we want to talk a little bit about what's coming up with FCA. And we've got a, a great event coming up with the Famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Imagine that. It's 22 years, Jason, this bowl's been going on here in Boise uh, on the blue turf. I love it. It's one of my favorite events. I go to it every year. Probably, I could say at least probably... 11 years, I guess, since I've been here. I think wow. I maybe missed two or three. So Wow, that's that's awesome. 22 years has been going on. And uh, this is our, I think, our 17th, 16th or 17th year of having a FCA bowl breakfast. And that's, uh, the game is on the 21st, Friday the 21st of December. And uh, it features a Mountain West team and a MAC team. Uh, but we have a breakfast and it's, it's Thursday, December 20th. And um, this year we've got our keynote speaker is Tim Brown. He's our first Heisman Trophy winner. And he, he was at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. First wide receiver to to win the Heisman Award, and also then he played 16 years with Oakland Raiders and long NFL career, and uh, and he's in the NFL Hall of Fame. So we're really excited about having him here, folks, uh, to speak on Thursday, December 20th. It starts at 7:30 a.m. at the Boise Center, and you can get more information at fcaidaho.org. You can register there. You can sponsor a table or you can just come, you know, you can buy a ticket, a single ticket, or you want to bring a, a relative, uh, your dad or, or son or daughter, you're welcome to uh, to do that. And uh, if you sponsor a table, it's a table of 10. So you can bring nine other friends or relatives or people you work with. And it's just a, a great opportunity to, um, you know, hear from a player from each team, share their testimony, and then also hear from Tim Brown. And then also just get to hear about more about the FCA ministry and what God's doing here locally. But it's really an outreach for the two teams and the coaches there. So anyway, Tim Brown, I have, have you, I, you probably remember watching Tim Brown play. Oh yeah. I remember him from both Notre Dame and the Raiders. He was, uh, he was fun to watch. Yeah. I was watching some highlights of him the other day and, uh, on on youtube and uh just amazing athlete we're excited he's got a new book out so we're going to have those available there at the breakfast so fcaidaho.org and get more information on the famous idaho potato bowl fca breakfast on thursday the 20th well jason uh we've known each other i think since you came here from mm-hmm. originally from georgia right came to boise and uh, i know that you're a writer and uh, you you help coach your your daughter's soccer teams, right? Yes. <laughs> you, you were an Air Force you know, kid. You guys were all over. Where were some of the places you were growing up? Well, I was born in Arizona. Um, and then we were all over uh, from, we were in Alamogordo, New Mexico. We were in San Antonio, Texas, uh, Mobile, Alabama, and uh, back to Arizona. And then eventually uh, my dad was uh, relocated to uh, England, Bentwaters. So that was where I 
I was first really exposed to sports, and there's only one sport that they play over there. <laughs> uh, I guess some people will disagree. There's cricket and rugby, but nobody really follows those sports like they do soccer or football, as it's properly known over there. But it was um, that was where I got exposed to it growing up outside of Ipswich, um, which is a team that I still follow to this day. Wow. Uh, very very a beleaguered beleaguered team and about to go down to like the the third level of football over there it's not a good season for them but anyway (laughs) that's uh but i became i grew up watching them and really fell in love with soccer and started playing there and before i played anything else played three years of soccer before i ever knew picked up a baseball or had even seen a baseball game really wow so here are you this american kid traveling all over you end up in england you pick up soccer and then you guys end up moving back to the south, right? Yes, the the heart of the south. We lived uh, we lived for a little while in Augusta, Georgia, where my grandparents were, and uh, they were all huge Georgia fans. My whole family, my everybody went to Georgia. My parents met and went to Georgia, and so it was like a birthright. You're just you're a Georgia fan. Um, also a long suffering beleaguered Georgia fan. Uh, <laughs> although although when I was a kid, they were pretty good. We was when Herschel Walker was you know, trucking people on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, but after that, other than that, it really has, has been a slim pickings for Georgia fans until recently. But, uh, but yeah, that's, and that's where I really fell in love with college football is being in the South and getting to go to those games and realizing that it was different there than, I mean, it was, the fans were as rabid there about football as the fans I had, I knew in, in England that were about their, their soccer clubs. About soccer. Yeah. So did you still, as you move back over, you're still continuing playing soccer? Yes, I did for a, a while, and then I, I had to. At some point, I had to make a choice between baseball and soccer, and uh, I still regret that I gave up soccer for baseball because I was a much better soccer player. But I knew, uh, you know, I I I, I thought I, I had a better chance of getting a scholarship uh, uh-huh. playing baseball because there there weren't that many men's soccer teams in the South. Uh, it worked out that you know my fastball never got up over seventy. I couldn't really break <laughs> glass if I wanted to, so uh, that was the end of my uh, baseball dreams. Uh, but then, you know, I, my dad told me that there was an opportunity where I could go to sporting events and write about them and get paid as a job. And I thought, this is, that must be the greatest job ever. So <laughs> that set me on another path. So that drew you to the University of Georgia. Yeah, it drew me to the University of Georgia, uh, and partially because of my parents, but also they have a great journalism program there. And my hero, my journalism or literary hero, I guess, of the age that I was growing up in was Louis Grizzard. And he was a humor columnist, more well-known for that, but was a sports writer first and wrote at the paper in Athens. And I kind of followed in his footsteps. I lived in the same dorm he did. I was, there's, there's a book he wrote called Chili Dogs Always Bark at Night and uh, <laughs> talks about his, him like growing up in, in Georgia and like his, you know, how he went to school there and all this stuff and what he did. And, and so like I'm reading this book one night about him walking in the rain across campus to the building to work. And I put down the book and I walked across the, the campus in the rain to go to work. I mean, it was like, it's really surreal thing. I'm like, I'm reading this. And then I'm like doing what he did, wow. uh, covering Georgia while I was in school and, you know, getting around the athletic program and stuff like that. And it was just, it was an absolute delight, um, you know, especially for a, a young college kid and, you know, trying to get really acclimated to the world of sports. Wow. So who are some of the, the sports uh, athletes or some of the sports figures or coaches or athletes at University of Georgia that you really enjoyed following and, and reporting on? Well, I was there. It, it was it was an interesting time when I was there. It was uh, the end of the Ray Goff era. Ray Goff was a, a Georgia quarterback in the 70s, and then he became the head coach. And he was he was the one who succeeded Vince Dooley, the legendary Hall of Fame coach. 
But, uh, you know, Goff didn't really have it. I mean, he, he had some good athletes, just couldn't really get over the hump. And so uh, after some really a couple bad seasons back-to-back, he got fired. Um, so I covered him. I can't say that was the most fun. Covering a losing team is really difficult. Uh, but then they brought in Jim Donnan, who I really liked. Um, Jim Donnan came from Marshall, and he was real personable. He was always challenging the sports writers with with quizzes and or trivia questions every Thursday. So really interacted with you guys. Oh yeah, I mean you know, and, and Goff did too. But I, I I don't know. There was something about Donnan that was a lot of fun. And then following him was Mark Richt, who's you know had been there until up until a few years ago, three right. years ago. So um, all those guys were you know Rick and Donnan. I really enjoyed. They were you know Rick was more business like. But he had a real soft side. I interviewed him several times about his faith and, and wrote several articles about yeah, that. Strong Christian, really involved with FCA down mm-hmm. there at Georgia, and and, uh, and and was Bobby Bowden, you know? Oh he yeah, he was on a the Bobby Bowden State, trip. right? He was yeah. assistant there before yeah. he went to Georgia. And, so. and Bowden led him to the Lord, so that I thought it was kind of a cool, you know, thing where he was on staff, and one day I think there there was a player at FSU that had been murdered, and so he the next day in in a team meeting, Bowden really challenged people about their where are you? Where do you stand? And, and, uh, you know, Rick was a graduate assistant at the time, but he, he has a wake up call for him and he gave his life to the Lord. Wow. What was, uh, what impacted you about coach Rick as a, as a Christian coach? Yeah. I, you know, I, what I liked about him is he was very real. Like, I mean, he was very, very real about, you know, the things that, that he was doing there and, and what was, what is he was really about, you know, I mean, I know a lot of times it's, wins and losses are what we see, but that's not always there. There's always something more. And I think with him, he, you know, he he was really about being a mentor to the kids and helping them, preparing them for life. He didn't look at it as a job as a coach of just winning. Although he did a lot of that, just not enough for, to appease the fan base, but he he did a lot of winning, but he, he helped guys become winners. And I Uh think as far as like, you know, I, I still stay in touch with a lot of guys that have played for him over the years. And uh, through social media and things like that. And, and, you know, the guys that I've interviewed for a long time and, you know, a lot of those guys are doing great things in their life. And they're not just, um, Hey, I was a football player and they're riding the coattails of being a big star at Georgia. They're actually gone out and doing things that make a difference. And I think that's a good legacy for him to leave, uh, Georgia, whether he, you know, even though he never won a championship, there's a lot of great things that happened as a result of him being there. Well, talking about, you know, people that you knew at Georgia that you've hung out with or got to still stay in touch with. You mentioned, you were telling me earlier about the Rose Bowl this last last year when Georgia was playing there and you got to hang out a little bit with Garrison Hurst. And uh, that must have been a lot of fun because apparently you had some classes with Garrison back in the day at Georgia. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a lot of fun to see them. And uh, I mean, this past season, I mean, it's it felt like at the Rose Bowl, everybody that, you know, had had just any any modicum of success was there, you know, they were there to cheer on the dogs and like kind of enjoy this moment together. We'd been building for a long time. And so that was a lot of fun, um, you know, and getting to see him and even, you know, even Garrison Hurst, he came from real humble beginnings and now he's working for the NFL, uh, you know, helping with their, I think their uniform code, some of the things that he's doing with them and, uh, but working for the office there and, and doing really well in life. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. When was it that you became a Christian? Uh, well, I became a Christian when I was, uh, when I was really young, we lived in England and, um, we were going to a, a Baptist church over there at the time. And my, you know, I just had heard enough about it. You know, my, my dad was, you know, he, I was a pilot at the time, eventually became a pastor. Um, but, uh, you know, this, I and mean, being in a Baptist church, you know, you, you can't go long without hearing the gospel story. And so 
I was real drawn to it and was excited about it um, and couldn't wait to, you know, to get baptized. And I got baptized in the, in the North Sea. So wow. in September, so it was cold, wow. very, very cold. <laughs> um, my, my, uh, that was a true testament to the, I'm being committed here to my faith if I'm going to get baptized in this kind of icy cold waters. But it was, uh, but yeah, that was kind of my, I grew up around it. And then really like later on, um, you know, later on in my, my walk with the Lord, when I was later on in high school, really kind of rededicated my life to the Lord and mm-hmm. um, began really pursuing the Lord on a, on a deeper level than I had before. So you know, start taking steps and then you really say like, I'm going to get serious about my faith. Wow. That's cool. Well, folks, if you're, if you're just joining us here on Heart of the Athlete, I'm visiting this morning with uh, author uh, Jason Shetro and also part-time AP writer and uh, uh, correspondent, right? Is yep. the right term? Yep. Right term. <laughs> so you sh- you're just sharing about when you came to know the Lord. So all that, those days at the University of Georgia and then your time in Georgia after that, uh, you were a believer all mm-hmm. over and you got to work with uh, and and cover some different folks like Charles Stanley down there. And um, what was that like covering uh, also just sports? Because you talked about um, you must have covered different sports teams in Atlanta as well. Yeah. Um, you know, we, you know, I kind of covered the Braves. I grew up as a Braves fan, a uh, big Braves fan, because my when I was uh, when I was young living in, in England, my grandfather bought me a ball a baseball signed by a few Braves players. Uh, he worked for Gulf Oil, which was a corporate sponsor at the time and was able to get all these you know, different things. And he brought it to me and I'd still never seen a, a baseball game, but there's a, a signed by, had this ball signed by a guy named Dale Murphy. Uh, had no idea who Dale Murphy was at the time. He was a catcher. Uh, this is like in 1979. And so I you know, started following the Braves. I would read about them in the Stars and Stripes and read about them for two years after and had never seen a game. So I never knew what it was, what a baseball game looked like. I just mm-hmm. would read the story and knew all the players and what they did. So that was kind of, I guess for me, like sports writing has a, a special connection to me because that was how I, only way I knew about my team. Right. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I mean, I, I was a huge Braves fan when I was growing up. And so there was a time where, you know, I don't know if I romanticized about it. I don't know if I'd seen... Uh, you know, the natural and, you know, from like the, the scene from the 30s when the sports writers were covering baseball and it's heyday. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Like, that looks like a fun thing. But there was. And that was, uh, I, I ended up getting an opportunity to cover the Braves, um, you know, for different media outlets while I was living in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, we were we were talking about this earlier, but, you know, just the opportunity to uh, to engage with them ended up bringing around a lot of, or a lot of cool things that happened. Well, I know sometimes in, in, in life, we get, we get caught in, in ruts in our jobs and, and what we're doing on, you know, in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes we don't always get, you know, we, our heads down low, we're just, you know, we're on the trail, we're, we're working, we're, we've got family, we got lots of things going on and we don't always see maybe up above about what God's doing or, or the opportunities that God's given us in our, in our work. What did you um, get to see God do through, through being a sports writer and covering you know, people like Mark Richt and, and these other people, like these, these Atlanta Braves that you're talking about and in different sports figures. Well, yeah. Yeah. For me, one of the things that I was doing at the time while I was working for Charles Stanley on his, on his staff and which was a great experience, but I was around Christians all day long. And, um, you know, there's, there's always, you, you can be a light to Christians as well. You know, we're right. not all perfect, but there was a time where I was like, I really want to reach out and do some things. And I had just kind of recently moved to Atlanta. And so I didn't, you know, I was still kind of looking for the right church and where I was going to get involved and, and things like that as far as ministry wise goes. But 
I was like, I really am feeling this longing to share my faith or, you know, to, to talk to people and to be a light, you know. Make a difference. And, yeah, make a difference. Like, how can I do that as, you know, as a, I'm just a, all day long I'm writing devotionals in my office and listening to Charles Stanley, you know, recordings. And then I go out. Which would be great. It's, just, it's a great, I'm not, it was nothing to complain about. You know, most people like hate their jobs. So it was a wonderful job. But then I would go and, you know, spend my free time working, you know, with these athletes covering stories. And, but I was like, I, you know, can I really share my faith? Can I do this? And so I'm like driving to the, to the stadium one day and I'm grousing to the Lord about how the, you know, I don't ever get a chance to do this. Like I'm always like just, I'm going, I interview people and I'm like, I, I just want to, you know, share my faith. Like, how can I be a light in what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is it even professional to do that? And the, and the Lord was like, there's opportunities all around you. Open your eyes. I was like, what? I mean, what are you talking about? And I was going to interview a, a, one of the Braves players that day. He was a big all star on the team. And the Lord was like, you just ask him if you can pray for him about anything. And I was like, whoa. So, you know, the, the, in the Braves clubhouse, they have a, they had a great chemistry at the time. This is during the 90s, late 90s, um, early 2000s. I mean, they were, the, the chemistry there was fantastic. And the guys were a great group of guys. Um, and they would have fun with you. But if you said something like as a media member, you know, they could, they could tease you and razz you about stuff. And sometimes it would, you know, kind of be a little bit embarrassing if you weren't like, you know, on your game or you came up with a dumb question or something, they kind of make fun of you and stuff. So I, I'm sitting there in this, the big, uh, you know, in, in the locker room and there's a big table in the center and I'm sitting down talking to this player and, you know, I get done and I said, okay, I got one question for you. You know, I said one extra question. I said, it doesn't have really anything to do with the interview. I said, but I said, is there anything I can pray for you about? And he said, excuse me. And I, you know, my heart skipped a beat. I'm like, oh no, you know, I'm looking over here. I mean, there's like, there's Maddox. He's and like Glavin. leaning over the table. Yes. He's like, you know, and he's a big guy, you know, he's a huge, you know, home run hitter, but there's like Maddox here, Glavin here, Smoltz over here. And these guys are kind of looking at me and I'm like, uh oh, you know, I'm going to get outed by this player. He's going to say something, you know, like I'm talking Jesus on him, you know, but I was like, you know, it's too late. I've already said the question. So I was like, I'm going to repeat it. So I said, is there anything I can pray for you about? And he stopped and he, he leaned in real close and he said, as a matter of fact, there is. And I said, you know, okay. (laughs) And he said, um, you know, when I was growing up, I was a Christian, grew up in a Christian home and I kind of walked away from the Lord and, you know, I've done so for a long time. And I just have recently felt God just pulling me back and saying that I need to turn my life around. And so I, you know, I was like kind of stunned. I was like, okay, well, this is crazy. This is not what I expected where this to go. And so what happened over the course of the next few weeks is I told him that who I worked for and, you know, my regular job. And I said, you know, I can bring you some devotionals. He's like, I'd love that. So at the end of every homestand, I always made sure to go and cover, you know, do something that day for whoever I was covering for and would bring him a stack of devotionals. And when Uh he'd get back, he'd be like, I got some more for me. And and then uh, what's even better than that, or kind of nice ending to the story is um, a few years later, uh, he 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 went into free agency and and went off to another team. And so I was talking to a pastor in another city and uh, where he had been traded to and was telling me, he's like, yeah, you know, this guy was a big baseball fan. He was like, yeah, we see baseball players all the time around here. And as a matter of fact, I was in a restaurant recently and I saw this player that, you know, used to play for the Braves. And I was like, really? And he said, yeah. And he's like, he came up to me and he approached the table and said, you're a pastor, aren't you? And started oh, telling wow. me about how he had been in my church. And they, he ended up going to a different church and, but was like, you know, still going for it with the Lord. And I, that just, I don't know, that was exciting to me to know that that, 
that happened and all by just, you know, a simple step of obedience of like, okay, I'm going to ask this person. I wasn't like sitting there, you know, pulling out my Bible and I'm going to give you some Bible verses and, you know, here's what you need to do. And I know what you do because I've seen you know, in the tabloids here, you know, right. it was like, this is what the Lord is saying. And then I just ask a simple question and right. the Lord was already at work, you right. know, the He's Holy Spirit his heart. Yeah, yeah. already at work all around us. And, you know, being attentive to that and responding, that's when God can do great things. Right. Just, just out of a simple, simple thing that, that you do. So right. that was uh that was a really cool experience and something where I, you know, I challenge everybody, you know, like look around you. If you feel like you're, you know, maybe in a position, whether you're, you know, whether it's a family member, a friend or a boss or what, don't be afraid to, you know, act on those promptings from the Lord. Yeah. That, that's such an important, uh, those divine appointments that God sets up. I mean, those are, those are key. God's timing is the best timing. And Mm -hmm. like in that situation, it's like you heard the voice of the Lord saying, go ahead, ask that question. And, and when you think about all the surroundings, everybody would go, there's no way I'm going to do that. Yeah. You know, or if you think, you know, if you, if you weren't listening to the Lord and just trudging right through it mm-hmm. and forcing it, um, you know, it, it might've, it, it wouldn't have been the right timing in his heart. So, right. well, that's exciting. You know, God brought you here to Boise mm-hmm. and you continue to write. I know that you've, you spent some time with Ed McLassen, who is, uh, used to play for the Rams mm-hmm. and what the giants, I think and the Eagles, yeah, Eagles, any other ways that he, where you've seen God use you as a, uh, as a sports writer. Mm-hmm. Well, one, you know, one of the ways, uh, cool stories and, uh, you know, that I experienced or, or I experienced one time was when I was, uh, interviewing, um, Dan Kolb who played for the Braves and he was a big Brewers reliever. They come over in free agency when the Braves were really searching for somebody to, you know, help their bullpen. And he had just, he had blown like three saves in one week and was getting booed off the field. And, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, I, a lot of times we, as fans, we just see these guys as there, there are players who do our, um, you know, fill our fantasy league rosters or, you know, they help us win games so we can brag it to our friends. And then when they fail, we was, well, they, they're terrible. Boo. They he's suck. a bum. They, yeah. They're a loser. Yeah. Get him out of here. Let's <laughs> trade him. And so, but I, I went to Dan and I, and I just felt like, I was like, this, there's like more to this story. Like he's, just, he's not just a, a reliever who's blowing it. He's trying. Like he's right. not like out there just like who cares? I'm making my million dollars. He's a but human. He's a human. And I asked him. I said, "What about you know? What was this been like for you? This experience?" And you know, he st- I almost started to tear up and was like, "You know, I just have to realize who I am. Like my identity is not in baseball, but it's in I'm a father and a husband. Right. And it, I don't know. It just it, it helped humanize athletes for me that moment. You know, where I was like, okay, these guys are not. I mean we see big dollar signs and we think they're immune to everything because they make lots of money or because they are famous or whatever. We want they, to thrust got it all together. Right. And they, they, they're like us. So they, they're all, you know, just feeble human beings who have fragile egos and we wish that things were different. And I don't know, I, that's a, that was a really cool moment where we were able to talk about that and, you know, about his, his relationship with the Lord too. Oh, you know, and as a result of that, finding his identity in something other than his sport or, you know, for us, something other than our job or as coaches, you know, something other than your, your coaching position. Like right. that's not really who you are. Right. And to always remember that even when the times are bad. Well, that's, that's certainly a great reminder, you know, as we, as many of us are sports fans and, uh, but at the same time that God can use those kinds of things, whether it's sports or whatever we do in life, that God can bring appointments that he sets up and his timing and that, that people are human and that everybody needs the Lord. And without, without Christ, we're nothing. And 
that is so cool to to hear how God has used you in that and how how you have you know knocked on the door and said hey Lord I I want to be used by you in mm-hmm. some super creative ways so mm-hmm. well thanks Jason uh, for sharing that this morning it's been it's been great to have you on the show today yeah thanks for having me Ken yeah we need to have you come back because there's a lot more we could talk about <laughs> <laughs> sure well folks we've been visiting today with Jason Chatro who's a AP uh, correspondent here in Boise and uh, former Georgia still a Georgia fan right oh yes <laughs> and, and they're doing pretty good this year still in the top 10 right oh yeah for think, for now we got uh, Saturday we got the big game so we'll right. see what happens well folks we mentioned earlier about the FCA bowl breakfast the famous Idaho potato bowl, FCA breakfast on December 20th and uh, on Thursday, they're coming up in December. So if you have, uh, if you want to get more information on that, go to fcaidaho.org. Jason, thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ken. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening today. If you are interested in getting involved with FCA or would like to donate to the FCA ministry, you can contact us through the FCA Idaho website at fcaidaho.org. Join us next week for The Heart of the Athlete, a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Idaho and KBXL, The Voice. You